No matter where your business is in Canada, connectivity shouldn't be a concern. Whether your business is rural, remote, or urban, reliable, scalable internet is available to you and your business. Explore Business is expanding our network. With our extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're able to bring you the connectivity your business deserves, with the ability to grow right where you are. With investments in fiber and 5G technology, Explore Business is your new choice for business internet. Get connected with Explore Business today. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, we'll speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. We'll examine issues, solutions, and hope outside of the city limits. Clearing a New Path podcast is an invitation to listen and learn along with me on the road to building a more united, feminist, anti-racist rural Canada, one rooted in diversity and driven by reconciliation. Let's learn together, clearing a new path. Sunday was Thanksgiving. For those that celebrate, I had another open Zoom call. I'm calling it Sunday Rural Talks. And Leslie from Nelson, British Columbia, and Carrie from Caledon, Ontario, joined in the conversation. Leslie is actually running in her municipal election. She talked about the reasons why she's running some of the issues that are close to her heart. And she made an observation about the all candidates meetings and debates that she's been at that there are people missing. And she suggested a few things that could get more of those people out to be involved in the community. She talked about hosting conversations at coffee shops in different communities. Carrie is an organic farmer in Caledon, Ontario, a cooperative organic farmer. She told us about the community that she lives in where people shared one washing machine and a lawnmower with three batteries. Her concerns about development and paving over some of the farmland. What will we do without food? We all talked about the intersectionality of marginalized folks. Who's looking out for those people? Who will be? And and how do we turn things around? We all talked about the crumbling of white supremacy and the pulling apart of systems that are no longer working. Will there be change in our lifetime? All of us 
said, we need to make it our priority to do that. It was a rich, fulfilling, interesting conversation. And so I give you Leslie from British Columbia and Carrie from Caledon, Ontario. So nice. my name is Leslie. I'm in Nelson, British Columbia, where it is stunningly beautiful today. I'm in southwestern Ontario, rural southwestern oh, Ontario. Yeah. Whereabouts? And, uh, I grew up uh, in Woodstock. Oh, I'm actually like between London and Ingersoll. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Stratford, actually. That's where I... Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, festival town, Coorist town, you know, couldn't yeah. wait to get out, but now it's so beautiful and, you know. Yeah. So you understand Tourist Town vibe then, which is sort of what we are. Yes. Um, hi, Carrie. Hello. Hi. Um, hi. Leslie uh, is in the Kootenays in BC. And I am in southwestern Ontario. I'm recording, as you know, you probably heard that. When you that. Yeah. And we're just just getting started talking about, you know, what's happening. And uh, Carrie, where are you? I'm in Caledon. I'm uh, uh, the north the north end of it. Yep. 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 <laughs> On a 191 acre eco uh, cooperative farm. Oh, nice. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. And Leslie, what are where like what are you? Do, do you farm or do you? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I garden extensively. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I really could say that's what I do. Yeah, I, sh <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have answered so uh, strongly there, but I have such incredible respect for people that do farm. I don't want to try and jump on there. Uh, that work and, and what they do. I was actually just writing in my journal this morning about how farming is, um, sorry, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat this morning. It's really damp and foggy here. Um, I think farming is one of the best examples of strategic thinking <laughs> and mm -hmm. planning and implementation that we, uh, we can demonstrate. Yeah, as, uh, I, I very much agree with you. And, yeah. um, I've become active in the fight to stop the 413 and the urban sprawl up here. Right. And the, right. And the, um, in South Peel, there is, um, there's been a lot of MZOs to allow for um, trucking and like Amazon warehouses. Oh, okay. Is that what MZO is? Is that a zoning? An MZO is a ministerial zoning order where the somebody can apply for the government to bypass what the local government and the people want mm -hmm. and just sign off on taking, you know, a hundred acres of farmland, selling it to Amazon. I did not know that. Holy shit. There's wow. a lot going on down here with this 407. That's it, it's, it's so not just the highway, but it's urban sprawl with zero consideration of the larger impacts environmentally uh, with biodiversity, pollution, water pollution, air pollution, heat, you know, all of the big picture things mm -hmm. and, and putting a, a, um, allowing developers to put in more million, $2 million subdivisions um, all the way up, all the way up to Lake Simcoe. So there's all kinds of farmland, wetlands, you know, parks, et cetera, hiking trails uh, that are being 
zone to be plowed over. They call it a white zone. Wow. Just, yeah. So it, it's, it's a huge. So, you know, for me, when I saw this email, I was like, yep, I live in rural and I really care right now because this province is under threat. And this is the, you know, farmland is, I, I don't know, where do you get food if you don't grow your own? We, we grow produce for this community. And what uh, you do? Yeah, yeah. So we, we have 20 people here. Wow. And we're learning how to uh, farm in a way that is not just sustainable, but regeneratively. Wow. Yeah. And, and how long have you been doing that, Carrie? The place has been here, whole village has been here for 20 years, and I've been here for three. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So those are the issues that are um, top of mind for me in terms of r- rural life and, and connecting with other people who, who live in the country and, you know, farmers, not farmers, you know, everybody, because yeah. it's really a different way of looking at things. And, and we have a government who is just, no, I, I don't even, I don't have words. I don't understand. So is it the provincial government, the like municipal or what is it exactly that's? It's uh, the, the, the um, Ontario government, the provincial government. And in some of the regions up here, the um, municipal government, the councils at the regional councils and local councillors are on board with this development and a couple aren't. Certain so Caledon used to be one of the most ecological communities in Canada. Mm-hmm. And this council is ready to pave it. It's interesting that you say that. Can I jump in now? Yeah, of course, yeah. Leslie, go ahead. So I do live in Nelson, British Columbia. It's a mountain valley. I moved here 10 years ago. Uh, always been very involved in, um, you know, trying to maintain a way of life coupled with the growth of the population that we need, but that will be safe for my children, their children, and future generations in general. Mm-hmm. And so right now I'm one week out from the municipal election and I'm running as a city councillor. It's been an interesting journey for me because Nelson is a urban area, but having lived in three of the major metropolitan areas in Canada, when I came to Nelson, even though it, you know, it's a city, it's a rural place because it's so remote from anywhere else. And just an example is I was walking downtown yesterday with a friend who's visiting from the coast from Vancouver. And she looked at the mailboxes and said, oh, haven't seen those for a while. Like they're so old. So we don't get replacement anything until, you know, everybody else in the city has it. And when decisions are being made at the provincial level, we just aren't big enough or loud enough to really impact that. And we noticed this year, I assume you saw it on the news, that at one point in time with the floods in the Lower Mainland, Nelson had zero trucks with food coming here for over a week. So all three of the arteries into our area 
were either blocked with snow, flood, and the Coquihalla Road, you know, just disappearing. So it's, it's just been a different perspective for me, and I wanted to check in with you all, with you folks, and get some fuel for the fire here, I guess. And I guess I don't really want to talk about fire because now I'm looking out at a, a ravine with lots of deadfall in it, which is fuel for wildfire, which we're trying wow. to work on as well. So that's, uh, that's sort of what I was thinking about when I jumped on this morning. But I did, um, I was born and raised in Ontario, in uh, Woodstock, Ontario, southwestern Ontario. And I know the area that you're talking about well, Caledon, how uh, we lived in both Toronto and Mississauga for some time before moving out here 25 years ago. Mm. Yeah, the Municipal Council is pretty important. <laughs> I have some interesting thoughts around, you know, it's just a team sport. And if you don't get people sharing those values around how we maintain the health of the whole community, and growing food is a pretty significant measure of health, as you mentioned, then, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm hearing from, you know, with what I, what I shared and what you shared, the importance of the politicians are as only as powerful as the people who are supporting them. Yep. And when it's industry up here, it's gravel, development, uh, and trucking. Is, and, the, oh. and the warehouses that's what's going on here yeah uh and when people don't get involved uh and on a municipal level people yawn they just and, yawn. and it is the lowest voter turnout of any level of government right yeah. yeah even though it's the closest to everything we do every day you know you get up in the morning you turn the tap on to make your coffee and you just trust the water is going to be flowing out of that thing clean healthy water yeah. If your municipality is, you know, overdeveloping or in our case, uh, resource extraction is the biggest one, forestry, those aren't guaranteed anymore. And that's strategic thinking. We need to think further down the line than the next election cycle. Mm -hmm. And so you think people aren't engaged in, Leslie, in particular, in your municipal, I guess, government in general. And is that why you decided to run? Short answer, yes. You can expand. Are... Go ahead. Expand. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think we all know that people are overwhelmed. The pandemic, you know, locked us all figuratively in our homes and told us to isolate. Well, the only way we're going to be able to resolve some of these intersectional challenges that are coming at us like a full-on open fire hydrant is by um, building community and working together. So that was problematic. Now we have the economic challenges of, you know, needing two parents at a living wage or more to work just to keep a roof over your head and food on the table. That's hard, tiring work. And when I look out at the different forums that we've held thus far, all I see is who's missing. 
you know, there's a lot of people who don't have the bandwidth to get there. And we're doing the same things. We're doing the same forum at seven o'clock at this location in this format that I think we've been doing for 20 years. Things have changed. We need to change with them. And I'll be honest, I'm 65, but I still, so I'm in that, you know, area of I've got the time. Um, I am not wealthy by any means. I still live below the poverty level, but I'm, I'm comfortable. I know how to do that. I raised my children as a single mom, but we're not hearing from those voices. There's too many people not represented, not engaged, and probably just throwing up their hands and going, well, what can I do? So I think they need a pathway and I hope that I will be able to open that door up for them. And, and so how do you, how do you plan to do that? I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that you're going to get in. I'm going to think. Okay. Me too. (laughs) And when you get in from today, I'll know. (laughs) Yes. And so Ontario is also in the throes of municipal elections. Yeah. And so the week after or week and a half later, the 24th, the 24th is voting day and it's the same people running. It's the same old, exactly what you said, you know, the town hall style, you know, asking questions of the candidates and who all answer the same thing in our right. Exactly. I mean, because (laughs) homelessness, climate change, homelessness, climate change here. What question do you want? Uh, Well, yeah. Well, and we have no expectation, sadly, that politicians will actually follow through. We just Mm. don't. Mm-hmm. We, we so hear it's them. So, it's such a sad truth. It, 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 it is. It is because we don't believe them anymore that yes. what they tell us is going to actually happen because that's the way we've accepted that politics and political forums and, and politicians are in Canada. Yep. That is we it. Do. We, we accept this really low level. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because it works the other way, too. So I ran the last time just in an interesting way. And I I didn't get in, but I I didn't have the same strategy that I have now. So I feel much better about it. But in the interim, I've spent those four years, you know, being at City Hall, meeting the staff, understand how things work better. And there's the trust issue goes both ways. So the city staff doesn't trust that the citizens are engaged enough, smart enough, uh, whatever you want to call it, to make decisions in their own best interest. It's so patronizingly patriarchal, which is our (laughs) current mayor who is running again at 74, and I don't want to sound like an ageist, I'm not, I'm 65. But he's not bringing the uh, the visionary transformation that we I'm are sure. going to need to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I hear you. So that trust goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And rebuilding trust is not easy, mm-hmm. but it can be done. Yeah, can so be how done. am I going to do it? <laughs> Just a greater level of transparency and openness. Meet and greets at coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Come and sit down and have a coffee. Tell me what you're interested in. It doesn't work many other places, but in a small town, 
I'm available. I'm out at things. So what happens though, when you can't help them? What happens when you say, yes, I'm going to take that to city hall. Yes. I'm going to take that to senior staff and you can't help them. How, how do you handle that in a vulnerable way? You're going to have well, to figure it out after you get in. Well, the other thing is, um, in some of the, you know, neighborhood neighbor groups, or now I'm walking through somebody's laneway, in some of the neighborhoods that I've been talking to, there's a lot of frustration because people, as you say, we've, I don't want to say we've given up our power, but we've been through this process where we don't believe we have it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just think helping people understand, and I do a lot of work with younger people, helping them understand they do have power. Mm -hmm. And it is in the best interest of the status quo for you to believe you don't. Well, it takes so much energy, though. I, I'm watching yeah. a woman here who's super active, and she's been delegating to town council for two years. I've been watching this. Yeah. And yeah. there are times where they cut off her mic. They ignore her. Uh, like it's, it's an outrageous amount of a lack of democracy. We've got a number of engaged citizens right now around this issue with Caledon Council. Yeah. And they're not, uh, they're not listening. They're paying lip service. They had meeting. They used to have, you know, three or four meetings. One in Peel region is huge. So yeah. like it's a good 45 minutes from one end to the other on a good day. Um, and then they had one um, uh, presentation, not a conversation, about their plans for this highway. There was a one-way conversation. It was one event, and there was no built-in mechanism to hear back from the public. It was so patronizing. That's the word. Yeah, I was. It was disgusting. And then there's rudeness. Like it, it's. It's. I, I. I'm glad there's an election, but. I'm afraid that the progressives are just not going to win. It'll be same old, same old. Some of some of whom are profiting from this because they got they sold family farmland for, for either the highway or they sold to a developer, or, you know, things like that. Yeah, they have a financial interest in this, and it it just so goes against what we need right now. Well, I hear you, and one of the one of the pieces that I wrote for media a week or two ago was. I have lived through, as an environmental activist, many movements where I went, oh, this is it. This is the one that's going to turn the tide. And it hasn't. Mm -hmm. I still need to get up in the morning. Because when I heard the expression, what did you do when you knew? Mm -hmm. I need to be able to say to my children and my grandchildren, I did every possible thing in my power, uh -huh. which I do believe is pretty extensive. Yeah, we're, we're the fight's on. That's for sure. People aren't giving up. But man, for the people who are I, I can't who are who are broke and, and working two jobs and having to bust to the grocery store and they, like they've got nothing left at the end of the day yeah. and they just can't contribute to this. So I'm, I'm retired. 61. I have the yeah. time. And the capacity. Yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I've already been talking about we need to move our city council meetings around to the different neighborhoods. We uh, need to provide childcare 
maybe snacks or a light supper, start the meetings earlier. If we can double the size of people that come to the meetings. Mm -hmm. um, I love that idea, Leslie, but do you think when you get in that you can convince the other counselors to go for that? I do. Maybe not, maybe not in the first few months. No. Well, <laughs> the interesting thing about systemic change is it's not an immediate process. Mm -hmm. So basically, I, I see at least the first year of, and because I've been doing all this um, groundwork of being at City Hall and being at the City Council meetings, and I do know most of the councillors, I don't know who will get back on in the election. I think I've done a bit of that groundwork for the systemic change. And the same with the staff at City Hall. You know, I've made it uh, part of what I do, strategic planning, I guess, to get to know them. They're mm -hmm. all good people who live in this community. They just see it from a different perspective. So have either of you read Catherine Hayhoe's book, Saving Us? No. No, but I, now that you say so that, she's a I Canadian client, <laughs> climate science, and I have read so many books on climate activism. But when I read her book, she doesn't even talk about being a climate activist. I mean, she does to a certain degree. But what she talks about is connecting to people on their values. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we live in this incredibly beautiful place, forested, nature, older homes, a rich, rich arts and culture, tremendous heritage. And a lot of people, you know, we're all really proud of that. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're attracting more people here. So let's not, uh, that's what I mean. She talks about what are those values? How can we connect? And I think it's really the only way that we can connect with other people. Mm. But you have to be ready to listen. Well, I was going to say, I don't know about BC, but in rural Ontario and in rural Alberta and, you know, certain pockets, there is a growing troubling element of intolerance that is not hidden anymore, that is not, uh, it's blatant. And those aren't the values of everyone, obviously, but they are the loudest and and it's it's scary it's terrifying and, and what you said leslie too i've been thinking about that a lot about all of these um movements that have happened through the years i i love doing research and looking back into feminism and you know the different movements and the different things that have happened and and the developments that have happened the the progress that has happened and we just keep yeah. retreating we keep retreating and going back and and now I feel like white supremacy, people are holding on white knuckled to patriarchy, white supremacy, all of the systems because they are starting to crumble. I really feel like that. Yeah. And what you <laughs> said, and what you said about the value system, I think there's so many more of us that value things that are for everyone and, and, and aren't based around money. I think if we can get more of us to be together, 
that was the idea. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Carrie, what about you? What's happening? What is under your skin that, that made you jump on today? The corruption. The corruption is mm. blatant. Not having their eyes on the bigger environmental and community issues. So here we are coming out of this pandemic and the statistics show an enormous amount of depression and anxiety. People were alone too much. They don't have community. I live in a community. So I've become, I've gone from living alone in downtown Toronto or having the odd, you know, some roommates over the years to living community and so incredibly cognizant of how much healthier it is emotionally and mentally a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, a sense of um, contribution. And environmentally, we use just, you know, 20 of us share one washing machine. Like Wow, we, that yeah. is incredible. Yeah, like one lawnmower with three batteries. Like we, we don't need so as much cool. when we can work together, right? 20 of us live, about 75% of our meat and food is from here. Maybe... Sp- Somewhere between 50 and 75%. The, you know, from a rural point of view, if we're going to be paving it over and putting in subdivisions, like another Mississauga, uh, or, or, you know, I, I can't think of one of the subdivisions I know I've been to in BC. It's been too long yes. since I've been there. <laughs> um, you can go to the southern, uh, south There's of Vancouver, one. the yeah. Cloverdale, um, White Rock. Uh, Delta it. area. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. yeah. And when I was there 40 years ago, in some of those areas, they were beautiful. And they just they're got beautiful. beautiful. And they farmland. So beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Farmland and small communities and, and communities. Yeah. They're communities and suburbs are not communities. Um, so for so many reasons, I'm pushing the narrative of mid density, create communities. Come see what we're doing. We've had a couple of politicians in here to show them. What's the reaction, Carrie? Well, two of them won't come and talk because they already know how we feel. And they're, we ask tough questions. If you're corrupt, you're you're not going to enjoy conversations with them because they just bullshit. One of the people who's running for mayor was just jaw dropped, thrilled, and couldn't believe she didn't know this was in her backyard. And another one's coming this week. So... Yeah. So, and the white supremacy issue. Yeah. It scares me. I, the othering of that I hear of Trudeau and the liberals, not that I'm agreeing with a lot of things. I don't, I can be exceedingly critical policies of the parties, but the othering of him, the hate, the name calling, the evil is fomenting an environment where we, where people can other, other people, other groups, people of color, queer people, you know, anybody. And once we're, we've othered people, violence is not far behind it. That really is like, so we've got these intersectional huge issues right now. And I'm, I'm, you know, I've got, I've got adult kids. Like I'm, you know, my dying breath will be uh, creating communities and creating great spaces for people. Like I'm, I'm not going down and accepting this. That's so exciting to hear. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, no, <laughs> that's it. That's it for my life. Like the, there's, I can't see doing anything else. It just does nothing else makes sense to me. Same. We're at a, we're at a crossroads. We are at a crossroads. We're at a crossroads and I'm, you know, put, plant my flag. I feel that way too. I feel like I quit my job to do 
this because huh? I wanted to, I just didn't want to leave the way things are. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm not dying anytime soon that I know of. <laughs> but, but it's I, a, lo it's you a know, long game. It is a long game. I know there's no quick fix. Yeah. And, and so I also think there's three women on this call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that women are the change or woman identifying queer folks. We are the change because of, well, systemically, that's why. <laughs> because we white women have the privilege Mm -hmm. to use to help, but we are also oppressed by the men. But there are more of us getting involved and more of us looking at solutions and, and, and fighting back, I think. Are, are you guys familiar with an organization called Canadian Federation of University Women? Yeah, they're holding one of the debates here. Oh, cool. Well, no. yeah. So I'm a member here and I, I don't, I, I would think it would be across the country. Yeah, it is. Okay. Person's Day is, is coming up and they're having conversations with women, encouraging people to get into politics, to get into, you know, civic life and, and helping. There's a couple of grants and speakers and mentoring and et cetera. Really great to get behind because we need to, in the recognition that very few women are part of the political space. Well, because it, it chews us up, spits us out, really. I mean, I've, I've seen women locally here. Yeah. We just lambasted on, on, on social media. Social yeah. media. Yeah. We have, there's a resolution that was put forward, which is now a, a national policy with CFUW. Gee, I can't recall the exact words, but it's to get behind and push the government to throw some effort and, and, and money behind stopping this doing the research, you know, and, and getting and helping this. Informed Opinions is uh, an organization that looks to amplify women experts. So women mm -hmm. with PhDs or, you know, expertise in all sorts of different. And they commissioned a poll about how Canadians feel about our representation. <laughs> in women, mm -hmm. women in politics. That's my little dog. Oh. Sorry about that. Overwhelmingly, people are not happy with the lack of representation. And what they're doing is calling on the government and the political parties to actually implement quotas. Now, will they? <laughs> you know, like, what, what kind of enforcement goes behind that? Trudeau makes an effort to have equal representation in the House, you know, but yeah, there, there's, there's problems with the system in general, I would say. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and and again, I mean, equity and diversity across the board. It's yeah. not just um, the diversity of women being in politics. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. racial diversity, sexual orientation diversity. Uh, you know, you guys know the list as well as I do. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? We're yeah. not. We're keeping the system the same as it is. So unless you know how to break into it, and unless you have the resources to do it, it's mm -hmm. impossible. I hate to leave this conversation. It's very rich and I've enjoyed it, but I have a <laughs> family coming a dozen, over. a dozen emails in there waiting for me to respond yeah. to people. And I can't say that I'm transparent and responsive if I don't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. All the best in your election quest and um, early congratulations when you get in. Thank you. And I hope that I'll be able to you know, jump on here um, more.
Yeah, that would be wonderful. I'd love More to hear because it. that um, having lived in Ontario and now being here in BC in a this very interesting um, hybrid rural urban experience that Nelson is, um, I have learned so much, but need to learn so much more to be even more effective. So thank you for bringing this forward. And I don't know how I found it, but I'm glad I did. I don't yeah. I have no idea how I found this. <laughs> so so good job. Whatever you did. Well, I'm super happy. And, and um, yeah, well, I'm just going to keep hosting them on Sundays. So that's okay. great. That's great. Happy, happy Talk Thanksgiving. To you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye for now. Want to keep the conversation going? Subscribe to the Clearing a New Path newsletter. Drop me an email, follow the podcast on social media, and or you can leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by The Hankering Studio. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Thames Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and Mississauga or neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to the studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. I will speak to many more people across Turtle Island this season, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of colonialism, the TRC's calls to action, and to reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth and Creator for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 